This is the Christian History Podcast, Chapter 1, Episode 4, the New Revised Standard Version. Remember, before I begin in the beginning, in Genesis, I'm covering the Bible translations I will be using as source material. As you will recall from the last two weeks, I covered the translation, publication, and the revision of the King James Version of the Bible. If you missed that, you really should go back and give it a listen. This week, I will be doing the same for the New Revised Standard Version. And also, I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance. But between the pollen and a cold, my voice isn't what it normally is. So just bear with me, and I'm sure by this time next week, all will be well. If I were proceeding in the order of publication, this week would be devoted to the New International Version, as it was first published in its complete form in 1978. But it was essentially a completely new Bible. The New Revised Standard Version can trace much of its lineage directly to the King James Version. And, similar to the King James Version, there was so much interesting information that this subject is split between two episodes. And this is the first of the two. As far as that lineage goes, the King James Version begat the English Revised Version in 1894. The English Revised Version begat the American Standard Version in 1901. The American Standard Version begat the Revised Standard Version in 1952. And the Revised Standard Version begat the New Revised Standard Version in 1989. The point is that the New Revised Standard Version can trace its origins directly to the King James Version. So, I'll begin with the English Revised Version. The English Revised Version, or as it's known east of the Atlantic, the Revised Version, was produced in the 19th century in Great Britain with its foundational text being the King James Version of 1611. The New Testament was published in 1881, the Old Testament in 1885, and the Apocrypha in 1894. The New Testament Revision Company was commissioned in 1870 by the Convocation of Canterbury to update the Bible. Their overriding goal was first to adapt the King James Version to the present state of the English language without changing the idiom or vocabulary. A second goal was to adapt it to the present standard of biblical scholarship, and by present, they meant 1870. To meet that second stated goal, the Greek text utilized to translate the New Testament was thought by many to be more reliable than the Textus Receptus used for the original King James Version. The King James translator's Greek text was based on manuscripts of the later parts of the medieval ages, while the English Revised Version used more ancient manuscripts discovered after the publication of the King James Version. They also used many documents from the early founders of the religion of the church. The base text used were compiled by Edwin Palmer. As such, it is considered by many scholars as being much more accurate than the King James Version in a number of verses. The decision to revise originated from the General Assembly of Episcopal Clergymen at Canterbury, England on May 6, 1870. At that time, a committee was appointed consisting of both respected biblical scholars and notable officials of the Church of England, with orders to revise for public use the authorized English versions of 1611 and to associate with them representative biblical scholars of other Christian denominations using that version. The English committee was divided into two companies, with the Natural Work Division being divided between the Old and New Testaments. Each company held its regular meetings at Westminster in London. In 1871, the British committee invited an American committee to join the effort. 
That same year, 30 scholars were selected by Philip Schaff, who was a professor at Union Theological Seminary in New York City, where he held the first chair of Theological Encyclopedia in Christian Symbolism. He chose scholars from Baptist, Congregationalist, Dutch Reformed, Friends, Methodist, Episcopal, Presbyterian, Protestant Episcopal, and Unitarian denominations. The American Committee began active work in October 1872. It was organized with scholars selected from various denominations and also divided into two companies. These companies met monthly in the Bible House, a building owned by the American Bible Society in New York City. Much of the work occurred in the committee members' private homes, but the monthly meetings allowed them to ensure the accuracy of the translation. However, all was not well between the American and British committees. One of the rules established by the British was that any suggestion the American committee made would be included in the revision only if two-thirds of the British team agreed. I guess they were still stinging from the revolt. This rule was supported by an agreement that if the American suggestions were put into the appendix of the English Revised Version when it was published, the American team would not publish their own revision for 14 years. When complete, the appendix included approximately 300 such suggestions. Between the two committees, 101 scholars toiled. Of these, 67 were in Britain and 34 were in the U.S. During the course of the work, and similar to what happened with the King James Version, 15 members of the English Committee and 7 of the American Committee resigned or died. Among the members of both were many of the most highly regarded biblical scholars of the leading Protestant denominations of Great Britain and the United States. The American members were almost all professors of Hebrew or of Greek in well-known theological universities. They were selected based on their perceived competency and reputation for biblical scholarship, their Christian denomination, and their access to New York City. Keep in mind that the fastest transportation at that time was by train, and the fastest passenger train in the world topped out at around 82 miles an hour. So there were no quick day trips to the city. The American and British committees corresponded regularly, and therefore were able to produce a single revision that could be utilized in both countries. The revisers were instructed to change the King James Version, only if they were deemed necessary to be more true to the original Greek and Hebrew text. Following these instructions, their New Testament had more than 30,000 changes, with over 5,000 on the basis of the older Greek manuscripts used in the process. The revisers' committees introduced other enhancements to the version. Specifically, the text was arranged into paragraphs. The Old Testament poetry was printed in indented poetic lines instead of prose as it had been in prior versions. And they also included margin notes about variations in the wording of ancient manuscripts. Also, in its Apocrypha, the English Revised Version became the first version in English to offer the complete text of 2nd Esdras. This was because prior versions relied on a 9th century manuscript that had been damaged by fire causing 70 verses to be omitted from previous versions, including the King James Version. The New Testament was published in 1881, the Old Testament in 1885, and the Apocrypha in 1895, like I mentioned earlier. At the time of its publication, the English Revised Version was the first post-King James Version English Bible to gain popular acceptance. And that led to the Revised Version's Standard American Edition of the Bible, but it's more generally known as the American Standard Version. Like I alluded to earlier, the work on this version began with the work on the English Revised Version. 
As the English Revised Version was being published, the British team disbanded. At the same time, unauthorized editions of the English Revised Version that incorporated the suggestions of the American Committee in the main text began to appear. And to think this was possible in the era before the Internet. Actually, this was possible because the English Revised Version in Great Britain was subject to what is called a Crown Copyright, since it was the product of the University Presses of Oxford and Cambridge. But, in the U.S., the text was not copyrighted at all. And that's a big oops. In an effort to thwart the 14-year clause, and in reaction to the bootleg copies, in 1898, 13 years after the English Revised Version of the Old Testament was published, Oxford and Cambridge Universities published their own editions of a modified English Revised Version, with the American suggestions included. There is nothing like a good fight among academics. But the incorporated revisions did not include all suggestions, but merely those listed in the prior version's appendix. To add insult to injury, many of those Americanized copies printed by Oxford and Cambridge Universities were titled American Revised Version. In 1901, after the 14-year agreement between the American and British teams expired, the standard American version was published. The key purpose in publication was to include most of the suggestions from the American translation of the English Revised Version. In their publication, the British team used very few of the American team's suggestions, even in their later version. While many of the suggestions of the American scholars stem from the distinctions between the American and British usage of the English language, other suggestions were centered on differences in biblical scholarship and on the different translations from the root text offered by the Americans. And, making the whole issue even more confusing, some editions of the American Standard Version included the Apocrypha of the English Revised Version. Learning from the mistake of the British presses, the work was copyrighted in the U.S. by the printer Thomas Nelson & Sons. By 1928, some U.S. publishers were altering the text and, in reaction, the International Council of Religious Education, who later merged with the Federal Council of Churches to form the National Council of Churches, acquired the copyright from Nelson. They renewed this copyright in 1929. When the copyright expired in 1957, which was also the same time that other, newer translations came to market, interest in the translation had largely diminished, and therefore the textual distortion never became an issue with the American Standard Version that it had with the Revised Version. Owing that much of the language of the American Standard Version was intentionally limited to Elizabethan English, as well as what some critics perceived as disproportionate literalism, The version never achieved wide acceptance, with the King James Version remaining the utilized translation for most American Protestant churches. To me, and as mentioned in prior episodes, this was still very ironic. One note, in the American Standard Version, the divine name of the Almighty is consistently rendered Jehovah in 6,823 places of the Old Testament, rather than as the word Lord as it appeared in the King James Bible. The committee explained in the preface the reason for the change, specifically that they were brought to the unanimous conviction that a Jewish superstition, which regarded the divine name as too sacred to be uttered, ought to no longer dominate in the English or any other version of the Old Testament. Other changes from the Revised Version to the American Standard Version included substituting who and that for which when referring to people, and that's which without a T and also the name Holy Ghost was dropped in favor of Holy Spirit. The American Standard Version led to five other revisions. Specifically, they were the Revised Standard Version, published in 1971, 
the Amplified Bible, published in 1965, the New American Standard Bible, published in 1995, the Recovery Version, published in 1999, and the New Revised Standard Version, published in 1989, and also the primary biblical source for this podcast. A sixth revision, the World English Bible, was published in 2000 and was placed in the public domain on the Internet. The American Standard Version was also the foundation for Taylor's Bible paraphrase, The Living Bible, published in 1971. As mentioned, the American Standard Version led to the Revised Standard Version. Between 1881 and 1901, when the English Revised Version and the American Standard Version were published, there was a lack of agreement on an acceptable English translation. In 1928, the International Council of Religious Education acquired the copyright to the American Standard Version. Between 1930 and 1932, they studied the version's text to decide if a new version was warranted. Partly due to the Great Depression, it was not until 1937 that the Council decided that a revision was indeed necessary. Ultimately, the decision was reached that a thorough revision of the American Standard Version of 1901 was necessary, and it needed to adhere to both the Tyndale and the King James traditions as best as it could. But at the same time, it needed to represent the present knowledge of the Hebrew and Greek text and their meaning concurrently with the present understanding of the English language. The Revised Standard Version was intended to be both readable and a literally accurate modern English translation. The translators intended to create a clearer version of the Bible for the English-speaking church. They also hoped to set up a parallel translation committee in Great Britain, as had been the case with the Revised Version, but this plan was canceled due to World War II. The translation committee consisted of 32 members, while there was also an advisory board of 50 representatives of the cooperating denominations who were to provide review and counsel. The committee divided into two sections, the first concentrating on the Old Testament and the second with the New Testament. As each section finished, it submitted its work to the scrutiny of the members of the other section. This was very similar to the process that had occurred with the King James Version. Then, all the changes had to be agreed upon by a two-thirds vote of the total membership of the committee. The work of the committee took about ten years. Each committee had to deal differently with the problem of establishing the correct original text to translate from. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew and Aramaic texts from only late manuscripts survived all based on a standardized form of the text established many centuries after the books were written. The only exception was that of the Dead Sea text of Isaiah and Habakkuk, and some fragments from other books. For the New Testament, there were a large number of Greek manuscripts, preserving many variant forms of the text. Some of these were made only two or three hundred years later than the original writing of the books. Overall, the revision was based on the Hebrew and Aramaic texts as written early in the Christian era and revised by Jewish scholars, known as Masoretes, of the 6th to 9th centuries. Departures from the original texts of some of the most suited manuscripts were only made where it seemed clear that copying errors had been made before the text was standardized. Most of the corrections approved were based on the oldest versions, such as the translations into Greek, Aramaic, Syriac, and Latin, which were made before the time of the Masoretic Revision. Therefore, they reflect earlier forms of the text. To aid in clarity, footnotes were used to specify the version from which the correction was derived. There were times when it was clear that the original text was incorrect, 
and none of the versions provided a satisfactory interpretation. In these cases, the translators relied on the judgment of scholars as the most plausible restoration of the original text. As before, footnotes were used to identify such passages. There were times when the Revised Standard Translation was found to portray a Hebrew word in a different meaning from that of the traditional interpretation. In those cases, there was no footnote attached because there was no change in the original text. And the new meaning was not adopted without compelling evidence. This was sometimes possible because the analysis of religious texts from the ancient Near East defined better the importance of the ideas and practices chronicled in the Old Testament. Also, the King James Version of the New Testament was translated from a Greek text that was later determined to have been fraught with errors, essentially containing the accumulated transcription mistakes from 14 centuries of manuscript copying by hand. Overall, it was based on the Greek text of the New Testament, edited by Biza in 1589, who closely followed the Greek text published by Erasmus between 1516 and 1535 who, in turn, based his version on a few medieval manuscripts. The earliest, and what modern scholars consider to be the best of the eight manuscripts Erasmus consulted, dated from the 10th century. But he made little use of it, because it differed most from what was commonly used at the time of his translation. Similarly, Biza had two manuscripts modernly considered of great value, dating from the 5th and 6th centuries, but he also used them very little because they differed from the text published by Erasmus. Many of the differences between the Revised Standard Version and the King James Version of the New Testament are due to these two issues. This is probably about as good of a stopping point as any. Please join me next week when I'll wrap up the Revised Standard Version and finally get to the New Revised Standard Version and hopefully be over this cold. As I mentioned last week, you can find information about the podcast on the internet at christianhistorypodcast.com. Comments, questions, and essentially any correspondence can be sent to comments at christianhistorypodcast.com. You can also find the Facebook page by searching the term Christian History Podcast as three separate words. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.